You don't need a college degree to be successful, to be wealthy, to make the kind of money that you want to make. You just need a skill set, some, right. some hustle, some work ethic, some go get, and you can do it. Welcome to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. I'm your host, Lamar Tyler. And today is a great episode because oftentimes we talk about financial literacy, but what we don't talk about enough is starting younger and training and ingraining financial literacy into our young people. And it's especially exactly what we're doing today with Holly Reed. She's the CEO of the Master Playbook. And I'm excited to have you here on the set today, Holly. Yes, thank you for having me. Now, um, like I said, we talk about financial literacy a lot. It is becoming like a buzzword in a lot of places, and um, we're seeing, rightfully so, right, is being integrated in school systems more, integrated um, in social media more, right? Yep. Like, like everywhere I go, I'm getting nuggets and information. But, like, but again, um, I love what you're doing because you made it your mission to start at a younger age. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So a lot of times we talk about financial literacy and states have really started catching on. They're passing mm -hmm. legislation so that uh, it becomes mandatory to teach a personal finance class, at least in high school. Mm. So kudos to Georgia, Michigan, Florida, all the states who have picked up on this trend. But what I think is high school is too late. We've mm. got to start earlier. We've got to start planting those seeds, elementary school, middle school, so that by the time they are in high school, they've mastered it. They know what to do. So when they leave your house, when they are no longer the birds in the nest, um, they can move independently, but with confidence, with knowledge, with the know-how, so that they can avoid a lot of the financial pitfalls that may be I faced or maybe you faced growing up. Oh, this is good. So, um, and that's a great segue because I want to get into some of the things that um, parents or, or, you know, maybe not even parents, you just have like young people in your life that you love that they can kind of share with them. But first we do, um, let's talk about some of those pitfalls, right? Uh, I know you ain't had no pitfalls. Oh, psh. listen. I mean, that's you how had to have it all started. together. I was like, Holly <laughs> had it all together. No pitfalls in this life of Holly's. You had pitfalls? Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that's really how the Master Playbook came about, right? So um, it was my own financial awakening in my mid-20s. I was working for one of the top public accounting firms, um, living the life. They had me traveling <laughs> all over the world, international assignments, staying in Ritz-Carlton, flying first class, like really living the life. I felt like I was the epitome of success. I had done all the things. Uh, by nature, I'm a rule follower. Okay. okay. So I did all the things my parents taught me to do. I graduated from North Carolina A&T in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. Aggie Pride. Aggie Pride. Okay. Was an accounting major there. Graduated with honors. Um, my dad really instilled in me and my sisters to buy a house. So by 23, I bought a house. Mm. Um, but working for this public accounting firm, I was really kind of feeling myself, making good <laughs> money. But what I realized is I was also doing, following the rules, that our America teaches us to do, mm. right? Yes. And these are the things that lead to those pitfalls where I was living above my means, mm. not saving a dime, accumulating a bunch of debt. I'm talking credit card debt, student loan debt, auto loans. I told you I bought a house, so I was furnishing the house, doing all the things. 
And then the dot-com bubble burst. Mm. And the, uh, the firm I was working with, they started losing clients and little miss epitome of success lost her job. And so it was. It sounded like my story. I'm like, hold on. That's <laughs> really. Yeah, it sounded like there's a lot of similarities in here, but yes. yeah. So it was in that moment where I lost my job. I was devastated. I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. And um, I had to go and crawl back to my parents mm. to, to have this conversation to tell them their baby girl was just laid off. And it was probably me preparing for that conversation, how I was going to tell them I wanted to come with my plan, what mm -hmm. I was going to do next. But again, I was just more ashamed mm -hmm. that I had not been more prepared for it. And so it was in that conversation that I said, you know what? This will never happen to me again. Y'all will not catch me slipping. So um, that's when I just started reading everything I could, you know, listening to all the experts at the time uh, from Dave, Dave Ramsey to yeah. Susie Orman, you know, all the yep. people at the time. And so now I have my own opinions about some of those some of those practices. Oh, we might uh, get some opinions later too. You, you just try to slip back and keep moving. We might get into some of those opinions, but okay. Um, but it was through that, just you know, listening to them, practicing it, honing it, making it my own, because personal finances is personal, mm -hmm. right? So you got to figure out what works for you. Um, that I started to see. Okay, it's not just me. I'm not the only one falling into these same credit card traps or falling into, you know, taking on too much too soon. So what could I possibly do to help others avoid the experience that I went through? And so that's when I came up with the solution of we need to start younger. We need to start talking to these kids younger. And so I was really involved in an organization, National Association of Black Accountants. Uh -huh. And they have a high school program where they introduce kids to, um, you know, careers in accounting and finance. And I rose my hand. I was like, you know what? I want to talk to these kids about money management. And just having those early conversations really opened my eyes to how much our kids did not know. Right. I mean, these are scholars getting ready to make some of the most important money, financial decisions of their life. What college am I going to go to? What career am I going to pursue? All those things yeah. determine what kind of money exactly. you're going to make, yep. what kind of lifestyle you'll be able to live. And so when I, when I, I mean, I'll give you an example. So we're talking to very smart teenagers getting ready to go to college. And I'm like, somebody tell me the difference between a debit card and a credit card. They couldn't tell me. Mm. And I was floored. I was like, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, you need to know that. You, you need to know that. <laughs> you need to know. And so that's when I just really started um, diving in deeper and trying to see what can I do? How can I package something to make it really easy? But really talking to the parents like, hey, parents, your kids don't know <laughs> what you might think they know. And that's, and that's good because um, I think a lot of times, right, parents, you know, being busy, working jobs, doing all the things yeah. they do, right? Selling the kids around, you know, leave a lot of education on the schools. But again, the schools traditionally have not provided this education at all. Right, um, right. So, you know, like like you said, like we've been kind of ill-prepared, ill-equipped when we get out into the real world. But at the real world, like the real world's waiting for you. When you hit that college campus, 
Hey. When I was at Morgan, Discover Card was right on that on that yard. Listen. Like, hey, I got young man. <laughs> they was like, young, young man, I got some money for you. Listen. And a free hat and some socks and, and a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people all the time, I graduated from A&T with a bachelor, bachelor's of science degree in accounting and a master's in credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And on average, they say college students graduate with at least four to five thousand dollars of credit card oh, debt. No. Now, student loan debt, yeah. that's a whole nother topic. You know, we we trying to solve for that, but we can't wait till the government solves for it. Exactly. We've got to start, you know, proactively preparing, planning so that that's not something that holds them back when they are finally, you know, making some real money. Uh, we don't want all their money going to the student loan debt exactly. or the credit card debt or the auto loans. So yeah. we got to start this financial education, closing that That's gap good. sooner. Especially in college. You think about it in college. Most of the stuff you use your credit card for was stupid. Child. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, hey, Listen. Like, when you're an adult, you might have some real things to do with your credit card. But like, you Home was in college. Homecoming outfits. <laughs> uh, you you want to splurge with right. your friends. <laughs> drive road trips. Oh, I'll, I'll fill up your take of gas. Your old friends coming Just, to town. You know you what I'm know. saying? You treating everybody. I we got had you, you no and idea. You. We had no idea. <laughs> No idea. We thought we could handle it, and then it it can just quickly get away from you. It can. Yeah. So, all right, so this is so good. So, um, you go through your own life circumstances, then you say, hey, you know what? I want to focus on helping, you know, younger people mm-hmm. earlier before they get ready and prepared. What are um, some of the misconceptions you see a lot of times when it comes to financial literacy and education around young people? And sometimes you mentioned some with the um, young people themselves, like are they ones with their parents as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so. One, a lot of the misconceptions that I see are that, oh, well, we have money now. Like, this mm. is the parents thinking. Yeah. We have money, so my kids, are they will be set up, right? And so even with your audience, even with entrepreneurs, with their kids, what is the point of building the businesses you're building? What is the point of accumulating a bunch of wealth if we don't leave a blueprint for those behind mm-hmm. us so they don't just blow it, right? Yep. We want to teach our kids on how to continue to grow it, how to double, triple, quadruple what we've given them um, so that it can extend to generations we may never know, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, one, a lot of, some of the biggest mistakes that I see uh, parents make one, either they don't do anything at all, right? So they are intimidated by finances. They're like, well, I don't want to teach my child a wrong thing. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything at all. So like a lack of education. A lack maybe, of education. I, I see lots of, I think, with, not with money, but in other instances where parents also have um, not just a fear, but embarrassment. Oh, yeah. And like a level of shame that I don't, Listen. like I said, I don't even know what to teach you. So I don't even want to bring it up. Right. Because I don't want you to know that I don't know anything because I'm supposed to be the one that knows all the stuff. Exactly. And you've, we've got to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. So the the one thing I do say to parents who, you know, feel that way, feel that shame, or they may be embarrassed from their own money mishaps, is I say you don't have to have a PhD to start conversations about money with your kids. That's good. So um, that's one of the things that I give to my clients, like prompts. So no matter what age your child is, what are some questions you can start asking them? Where does money come from? Let's hear what the answer is. Oh, it comes from trees. Or, oh, I mean, you know, just 
no, technically, yes, you can make (laughs) paper out of money, but, you know, it comes from work and, you know, helping them understand the relationship between working hard and being rewarded. You don't. And so every child has a job. So I talk to the to the parents all the time about making sure that your child understands that relationship between, you know, working hard and being rewarded. And the reward doesn't always have to be money, of course. But, you know, it starts at home like chores. Every child should have something that they are responsible for that when they complete it at home, it makes the entire household run smoother. And people are like, well. I have a four-year-old. What can she do? Uh, pair them socks. I'm doing laundry. <laughs> Start pairing those socks, okay? When I do the laundry. When the when the laundry is done, your reward is your favorite snack or more screen time or, you know, we go out and get an ice cream, whatever it is the child yeah. enjoys doing, right? So one of the misconceptions, to get back to your original question, mm-hmm. is uh, they don't do anything. The second one you already hit on, they rely heavily on the school system, right? And so I know that the school system doesn't teach financial education consistently. Mm -hmm. They may get a little bit in a math class, a little bit in social studies, um, which I am happy and excited about the legislation. But like I mentioned earlier, we've got to start earlier. It's too late. Like high school, they're making life decisions. They're they're making big decisions money decisions and so if you haven't planted those seeds along the way they're gonna be throwing fits and tantrums when you tell them no you can't go to the school of your choice because we can't afford it right no you need to go to the local community college first nothing wrong with the community college you Mm -hmm. need to go there first to you know save up some money or to get those basic credit classes out of the way before we start throwing down Twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year in college, yeah. right? Um, and, and this is, if I interject something, this is, um, this is good, and it's, it's timely because you mentioned before, like, hey, you know, um, uh, you know, society, the world, you know, the country is like telling us to do all these things over here. I got five um, upcoming TSP game plan conference, um, uh, and just in general, like TSP Live and conversation about having entrepreneurs more. I'm having to talk that like most of the time, whatever society's telling us to do is actually the wrong thing most of the time. It's like not for our good, right? It's like <laughs> the society's telling us like, hey, you should do this with your money. You probably should be looking like that probably ain't the thing to do with your money. Cause I'm like, if you look, most people in society don't actually live a life that you want to live. Right. So why would you do all the things that everybody in society is doing? Right. And that's, but that is the danger of like social media now, right? Because mm-hmm. people take the snapshots of the things they want you to see or a life that it isn't even theirs. Right. That's correct. Right. So they go and rent places to take photos or they pay someone to make things look a certain way. So that's why it's really important to talk to our kids so they know the difference between yeah. what's real and what's for show. And, and I want I want to break into something else you said because um, you you mentioned um, you know college and and like the the cost of college is amazing. If I look at like the cost mm. of college, I think you know I was I was in state, but I could have sworn I was paying like because um, uh, I had a scholarship. I lost it. Long story. Yeah. Not not a story for <laughs> story for another time. Story for another <laughs> story for another time, Holly. Um, so I was I was paying out of pocket. My second year I was paying out of pocket myself. Well, I can swear I was only paying like 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 thirteen, fifteen hundred dollars a semester. 
Ooh. Like in state. Nice. But that so like now lovely. to see like 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 yeah to see <laughs> that you can go to a, a HBCU that might be charging fifty grand a year like blows your mind. Blows my mind. I actually tried to go and research because I didn't know how much yeah. it was costing. I think based off of some research I did <laughs> when I was at AT, it might have been fifteen thousand a semester as an out of state student. Yeah, yeah. So um, thirty thousand dollars a year. And times four. Huh? Who? Yeah. What? I'm the youngest of four girls. All of my sisters uh, went to college. My oldest, uh, the oldest finished in three years. She got out. The other two had scholarships, which made it possible mm -hmm. for me to go yeah. to North Carolina a &T. I can distinctly remember a conversation because... I wouldn't apply to any other schools. I had chosen North Carolina <laughs> A&T. That's where, that's where I wanted to go. And my sister, the one right next to me, Bridget, Bridget would go to my dad and was like, when are you going to tell her she can't? <laughs> when are you going to tell her she can't? <laughs> Bridget sounded like she was hating a little bit. <laughs> she had like a little tension of hating. <laughs> and, my, and my dad was like, I'm not going to tell her that. We don't know if she can go or not. We just have to see. Yeah. Like, how much money is the school going to exactly. give us? Where else can we get funded from? <laughs> so thank let, let Bridget let the process play out, right? <laughs> Right? Like Bridget, Bridget was jumping the gun. Bridget was like, "Look, you ain't you ain't doing all this." <laughs> but you know, the youngest, we got big dreams. Exactly. We gonna do, we gonna do what it do. But but that's good. Like, cause <laughs> even as I think about college now, you know, um, uh, you know, we've we've um, we had a kid out of college, we had a kid in college, and we got some about to go. And and one of the conversations we have with them is just realistically, even if we can afford to send you, mm -hmm. we just may not. Right. Right. Like like because yeah. literally because now. Where at a small amount you may be like, hey, you know, just do your live your dream, enjoy your year. Yeah. Now it's an honest conversation of, okay, like what are you doing when you come out? And does this investment, like you said, like like if this is like gonna be a hundred and fifty thousand dollar investment over the next four years, like does the job you'll have coming out of it match does up? Does it make sense? Does the position match up? Does it make sense? Does your aspirate like it's a whole lot of other factors in that I think we need to be talking about too to say, like you said, to say, hey, you know what? Well, if this is what you really want to dream to do. And the salary doesn't match up. Or like, say, even if it's like, hey, even if a family has the money, it might be better to put that money somewhere else. Absolutely. Then in that pocket and say, hey, let's go to an in-state school with an in-state tuition or, you know, all these other things that we can do. And, yep. and like, just the landscape has changed a lot. But I think it's back to what you said, right? Looking at the overall comprehensive picture. Yeah. And so I'm hearing that that conversation time and time again is becoming more and more popular. So even with uh, the pandemic, the pandemic shut down a lot of um, hoops that we used to have to jump mm. through in, even in order to get in college. Okay. SAT, a lot of colleges and universities may not require you to take the SAT or the ACT anymore for entry. Really? I didn't um, know that. Yeah. They're, they're, a lot of Schools are saying, you don't have to take it. Just come submit your application. And these prices, they like, if you got the money, hey, you yes, that, that let me <laughs> you... know right there. It's about making this profit. Exactly. It's about the profit. Um, and so, um, so the point I was trying to make was a lot of tech companies like Google, yeah. they are coming up with their own program. Like, you don't need a college degree mm. to come work with us. Come through our apprenticeship program. We're going to teach you exactly the skills you need to code or to do this type of work. And people are set for life. Um, 
Fortunately, with our generation, with the advancements of technology, we have seen time and time again success stories of people. Mm -hmm. You don't need a college degree to be successful, to be wealthy, to make the kind of money that you want to make. You just need a skill set, some right. some hustle, some work ethic, some go get, and you can do it. So um, I. I applaud parents who are challenging the system, right? Of course, I grew up old school where mm -hmm. we were taught, go to school, get a good job. You work that job for 20 years or more and you, you retire from that job and then you can enjoy life. But we know now you can totally flip that whole concept on its head. Um, our kids today can literally start making money with a phone and a YouTube channel, True. right? We have seen it. And or or all these uh, teenagers winning gaming competitions mm -hmm. and then big brands, you know, coming to them to be testers or to be brand ambassadors. Now, some of that may be short lived, but it is it does make you stop to think to be like, OK, what can we really do? What are my kids passions? What are what what are the things that they enjoy doing and how can we start monetizing it? And that's on the parents. Right. Mm -hmm. So even in your community, you have you have kid entrepreneurs. You have right. a bunch of young entrepreneurs who aren't even college age yet. But the thing that they the thread that they all have in common is they have those nurturing parents who are intentional Very about so. supporting them, nurturing them, giving them the, them the guidance so that they can succeed. So, I mean, you know, it's an option. You got you got options. Yeah. College is not the only way. All right. And I think that's the main thing people need to know that they yeah. are. And like I said, it, as a as a, um, not just for the children, for parents, I said really taking a look at like what is the goal outcome in the whole comprehensive picture. Mm -hmm. um, now, I know uh, you have a book, right? Um, yes. Where it's all about, you know, teaching them how to fish, right? And teaching your children and, and, and employing principles. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what are the five kind of key principles that you say parents should be able to uh, influence their children with? Yep. So we start with um, the first principle, which is work hard and be rewarded, right? Okay. So, like I mentioned earlier, connecting that relationship between work and the rewards um, you know, you don't do your chores, you don't get an allowance. You don't work, you don't get paid, right? So just talking to them and really trying to see, is there an entrepreneurial interest? If mm -hmm. so, let's let's feed it a little bit. Let's see where it goes. But you have to give your, ch your kids a chance, right? Yeah. Have the conversation, make sure they understand that. The second one would be saving first and consistently. And so saving may be, one of the most difficult money habits to master, especially now because it requires discipline, mm -hmm. it requires uh, patience. Yeah, patience. And when we live in a world where you can literally click a button on a phone and a box, whatever you ordered is there the next day or within hours, it's hard to teach our kids that delayed mm -hmm. gratification. Um, there, there was a big social media trend going on um, it's based off of the marshmallow test, but they were calling it the fruit snack challenge where the celebrities would leave a bowl of fruit snacks with their toddler, maybe three, four years old, instruct the kids, don't eat it, I'll be right back. Don't eat it, I'll be right back. They'll leave while they're recording the kid to see if the child eats it. But the whole goal, the whole purpose of that, again, dates back to the Marshmallow Act where 
the result of that was, okay, if your child has the self-discipline to withhold, to not give into the temptation, they'll be more successful in life, mm. right? They'll right. be better savers. They'll be better with, with money. And, you know, all of the, it's never too late to teach your kind. So if you did the snack, the fruit snack challenge yeah. and your, your toddler failed, don't take that as an end-all, be-all. <laughs> like, just like I thought. I knew you was the one. I knew it. Right. You can correct. And it comes through teaching and education. Um, repetitive, right? Um, so, okay. So saving and investing. Okay. So teaching them that foundation and, you know, people talk about investing. Investing is a hot topic, but you have to start with saving first, right? Saving is that foundation. And once they get that down packed, then they can start investing where they're leaving their money in for years or decades at a time to see that real wealth and to see the real benefit of compound interest. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, the third one would be spend wisely and consciously. And so this is where we want to talk to our kids about, you know, comparison shopping, uh, creating a budget, and all those things are like boring to kids. So you, the key is you have to tie it to something that they're actually interested in. So with the teenagers, it can be, um, you know, a lot of teenagers want to buy their first car. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go look at the cars. Let's see how much the cars cost. How would you pay for that? Okay, it includes insurance, talking to them about that. A lot of girls get really excited about prom season now that now that schools and things are opening up. Okay, but they want the dress, the hair, the nails, all the things. So let's add that up. Let's go add all that stuff up and see what it amounts to. But just talking to them, um, but tying it to things that they're interested in okay. is the real key. And when I say spend wisely and consciously, we also want to make sure our kids are thinking, that they're critical thinkers, that they're aware of, you know, where they're spending their money, mm -hmm. the people they're spending their money with. Do those companies align with your family values? Do those companies align with your personal values? If they're old enough to, you know, want to do, you know, go to Coachella or go to big concerts, then you are also old enough to go research and see, all right, I love Papa John's pizza, but let's go, let's go look at the leadership of Papa John's and do those people look like us and do they mm -hmm. support us and what are they doing to give back to our community so that they can consciously make choices about where they're spending their money, right? That's good. Um, the fourth one is... Uh, use credit responsibly. And so a lot of parents are like, well, Holly, my child is eight. Why do I need to be talking to our kids about credit? Well, it's because money is starting to become invisible, right? Mm -hmm. With electronic payments, with virtual currency, you know, it's very um, easy to teach kids about money when they have something tangible right, exactly. and finite in hand that they can pass off, they can see the transaction, but our kids now are being taught to dip, swipe, tap, you know, when they are like early, whether it's from purchasing stuff through these gaming apps, yep. um, 
Cash App. Now, every time somebody has a birthday, they post it in their child, Cash App. Okay, so that's all about spending yeah. money. I'm, I'm not sending your kids anything. <laughs> you just save your, save your Facebook Look, posts your Cash App. Me I'm, I'm not sending your kids anything. <laughs> send you a book. I'll send, no. <laughs> so, yes, I, I'm with you. Okay, that. thank all right. you. <laughs> And then the last money habit is to give generously. So, of course, we want to raise money smart kids, money savvy kids, but we also want them to um, be adults that have empathy, that have compassion, that have a heart, right? So that's one of the big things just about our consumer culture. Mm -hmm. It's all about me, me, me. And so we have to be intentional about um, teaching our kids about gratitude, being grateful for the things that they have so that we aren't raising this whole entitled generation. Yeah. And so showing them what it looks like to give back, talking to them about the causes that are important to us that would then, you know, and asking them what's important to you, what's something that you want to spend your time doing. Um, so they and I talk usually talk about giving through the three T's of giving. You can give through your time, your talent and your treasure. Okay. And so um, it's just it's important to capture it all. But it's just five. It's just five building blocks. If you spend some time, if you are intentional about covering each of these pillars, then your child should have the confidence um, to go out and make wiser financial decisions. Yeah. Will they make mistakes? Absolutely. But they are going to remember, you know, what you, what they were taught, what happened to them when they did this. Um, and so we've got to allow them yeah. some, some time to practice it. That's why I said we got to start earlier than yeah. high school. And I, I love what you just said, because I think a lot of times, um, uh, newer parents will, will have in their mind. We talked about this before we started, you know, taping, Hey, I'm going to just do all these things. My kid is going to take it, take it up and they just going to be, right? But that doesn't always happen. That's not always the case. But I love how you said, hey, you know, it's almost like building up um, and equipping them like their toolbox. Yeah. And like in their toolbox, like you can niggle your hammer and niggle your screwdriver and then, you know, niggle your wrench. And you're giving them all the tools so that when they need it, they come back. And that's what even I found like with our kids, right? The more we build into them, <clears throat> the more we build into them, they may or may not catch it all right then they may not appreciate it all right then right yeah all those different things but then later on down the line it always comes back yep to where hey you know they, they get a hold of it or they realize the things that we said hey they really are true right absolutely don't be leaving their parents like hey they really are true or <laughs> hey you know i'm i'm so glad that i learned these things or we see it kind of acted out in their actions yeah um you know whether they want to admit it or not like we see them actually doing the things that we instilled early on yeah and i'm glad you said that because that's another mistake that parents make they think Oh, lecture once and then we expect mm. mastery. But I relate that to how many times have you had to go back and show your child, oh, you thought you washed these dishes, but you missed a spot. Yeah. So I need you to go back and you have to go back over and over again. Sometimes some of the most basic things, some of the most basic chores, some of the most basic rules of your household, it's the same thing with money. It's not a one and done. It's gotta be something, because as they get older and mat more mature, they're gonna see things differently. Mm, they're gonna a, have different experiences. They may have new friends who can, who can do certain things that they can't do. And so it's all a continuous learning um, where you have to revisit it over and over again to make sure they got it 
And the whole point of that is so they don't come back to you <laughs> once they leave the house. Um, and like, hey, I need, like, I mean, you know, I did it. So if I did it, <laughs> what you think your kids go do? <laughs> um, so if uh, um, someone's listening, they say, hey, you know, I want to impact the young people in my life. I want to get a hold of this. I love what Holly's talking about. Um, can you share with them again the book? Like how to get yep. the book, talk about your workshops. Like how can they tap into you and, you know, what do you do and then how can they find these different pieces? Yep. So the way that I work with um, the community is through our financial literacy resources. You can find my book, Teach Your Child to Fish. Five Money Habits, Every Child Should Master, Everywhere Books Are Sold. But then I really love working with the kids through our money camps. So we have money camps for kids ages 10 to 14 and also for teenagers 14 and up. And then, of course, I do curated workshops with parents on what on the things that you could be doing now today to kind of give your kids that financial head start that they deserve. And so you can find all of that at themasterplaybook.com and across social media at The Master Playbook. So thank you, Ali. I'm sure people um, have been transformed by this conversation, gave them a lot to think about and a lot to take control in their own lives, right? With the young people in their lives to get it going. Don't forget y'all, the main thing I want you to do once you watch every one of these episodes is to take action. So again, think about the young people in your life. Think about what you want them to know. Get a hold of Holly's resources. They are dynamic, they are amazing, and they will help you be able to get the information that you need to get in front of those young people into their hands so they can then move forward. I hope you enjoyed today's show. We drop new episodes every single week, so make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. Enjoy the next episode.